The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand of Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, and Kyle Yeomans. Victory Monday here on Talking Cowboys from the SWBC Studios at the Star in Frisco. Of course, brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. And my goodness, we've got our Black Rifle Coffee poured in the cups. We're ready to go because we've got a 40-burger to talk about for the second time in the 2022 season. Welcome into Talking Cowboys, everybody. Alongside Isaiah Stanback, Patrick No Sleepwalker, here on this Monday morning. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. Forty to three. Oh yeah. Forty to three. Oh yeah. The Dallas Cowboys take down the eight and one, now eight and two. Oh yeah. Minnesota Vikings on the road, the largest margin of victory. In Dallas Cowboys road franchise history. I love it when you talk dirty to me, Kyle. Whoa. I love it when you talk dirty to me. It was Isaiah was dancing <laughs> this entire open and talk football dirty to me, Kyle. <laughs> Clip it. Not gonna run. <laughs> nope. Run it. Run it. Forty to three. Run it. Oh, talk about run it. They run ran it, it up. Oh, yeah. Ran it all over. Oh, yeah. The Minnesota Vikings. Up, down, and all around. One of the most dominant road wins you'll ever see in the National Football League. And, and, I mean, quite honestly, at least statistically, the most dominant road victory in Cowboys franchise history. Pretty unbelievable what they were able to do against Minnesota on the road, Isaiah. That it was, Kyle. And I was doing my Kirk Cousins dance because, unfortunately, he didn't get a chance to do it. So <laughs> You like that? Uh, yeah. You so like that? I try to make sure I got it in for you mm. there, buddy. Oh, buddy, oh, pal, oh, buddy, oh, pal. All right. Um, no, they, <laughs> those guys got torched, man. I think uh, we mentioned it on the postgame show that this felt personal, at least from the defensive perspective, as well as I think Kellen Moore – Took it, a, took it personal as well to come out here and ensure that he called one of the best games I believe he's ever he's ever had in his life. I also think that Dak Prescott probably listened to the pregame show and heard me challenge him in his accuracy because he was on point in terms of delivering the ball where it needed to be for guys to be able to do something with it post-catch. And I think the, this was the best showing I've seen in a very long time from him in that regard. And because of that, he allowed some of his guys to be able to make plays after receiving the ball. So kudos to offense and a defense. Obviously, Dan Quinn came and, and showed out, and Dallas was able to get ahead, and we've all talked about it extensively in the past. There's only about one team that, I'm actually, that I think can actually hang with Dallas even while they're playing from behind, and this was not one of them. Um, Dallas was able to pin their ears back and use all three waves of their defensive front to get after Kirk Cousins and made it very, very tough on him in the rest of them Vikings. You know, one of us predicted a blowout. You did. And um, I admittedly didn't know that it would be like this. this. I don't think anybody would have ever, Um, even in their right mind, said, 
Oh, Dallas is going to win yeah. this one by 37. Yeah, no, no. I oh, mean, yeah. So, no, I didn't predict that because, like you said, no one could have seen this coming. No. But I did predict a blowout, and the reason I predicted a blowout, as explained on Say It With Your Chest Friday, was just my gut feeling based upon what I was seeing um, in the locker room from these guys and hearing from the coaches. Like, man, they were pissed, and they were – not just the the normal version of pissed when you lose a game. It was the fashion in which they lost to Green Bay. It was the fact they lost to Green Bay. It was the fact they lost in Green Bay and couldn't get that win for Mike McCarthy. Uh, and it just all boiled over. And they got tired of hearing about them being the villain. They were the hero at one point in this season. And then all of a sudden, they're the villain. They were like, oh, no, we, this, this can't be. This can't be. So I felt that they were going to go out. They were going to stop the run. Uh, and Dalvin Cook had some success early. And then the Vikings got away from it, and they paid for it mightily. Micah Parsons on the first drop back for Kirk Cousins. Sack, fumble, recovered by Dorrance Armstrong. And that set the tone for the defense. Offense, what do you do? Your first offensive drive, Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott. By the way, here's another play for Ezekiel Elliott, just punching them, punching them in the mouth. And also at the same time, getting their timing set up for Tony Pollard later in the game to blow right past those linebackers who had their timing set up for Zeke, which is something that Skip Pete, running backs coach, had talked about. So, uh, And then special teams, Brett Maurer. My God. Mm -hmm. My God. Right? You want a 60-yarder? Okay, here's one. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to try to ice me with this Bush League review of the C.D. Lamb. The league tried to ice him. Fair. <laughs> but you can't. New York came in and said, it. hold up. You know what? New York City. You can't, you can't ice Sub-Zero. <laughs> the, okay. Gi the Giants had lost by that time, right? Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Over yeah. New, York, New York was like, doggone yeah. it, keep it close. Yeah. <laughs> Point differential. <laughs> Bush League. But you can't ice Sub-Zero. So what, what does Brett Maher do? He goes back out there, and the next 60-yarder looked better than the previous 60-yarder. Yeah, it was just a practice rep. It's all like, it was. Oh, we, we, out, we out here. So the Cowboys, just dominance and all three phases of the game. You love to see it. They did it on the ground. They did it in the air. They did it with the boot. They did it on, you know, on defense. They did it with takeaways. They did seven sacks, 43. Give it to me. Mm -hmm. One of the big conversations around this Cowboys team is not being able to win the big game, be able to win against really good teams, those mm -hmm. elite-level teams. Even last year, I mean, you go back to the five losses that Dallas had last year, the majority of those came against teams that were probably favored, if not better, than you going into that game. You lost the games you were supposed to lose, and you won the games you were supposed to win, maybe outside of the Broncos game last year. This was a big win in that regard because it wasn't just a win. It was the way they imposed their will over a team with one loss. By the way, the other loss for the Minnesota Vikings, Philadelphia, earlier in the year in a similar fashion, except Philadelphia won that game 24-3. They didn't get anywhere close to the 40-3 that Dallas did yesterday. The poverty. So that's, that's my biggest point here is you talked about all three phases, offense, defense, special teams, a complete victory. But Isaiah, was this the most complete victory that we've seen in the Mike McCarthy era? Ooh. I, th I think it is, just for context. Yeah, I, you know, I have a short memory, so I can't. Do you want me to get you some some other ones? Yeah, give me some other ones. I, I okay. mean, in terms of this season, absolutely. Absolutely okay. this season. I think everything just came to a head in this particular game. All right, we'll go backwards. 51-26 over Philadelphia at the end of last year. That was a playoff team. Mm -hmm. Not not this level of team, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Minnesota last year, 20-16. to That was with Cooper Rush. Patriots in overtime, 35-29 last year. I would argue last year's Minnesota was more... More? more, yeah, than, than forty to three. 
Because against what, an because, eight and one Minnesota team? Because you're playing, I mean, yeah. That's, I would argue that's the only it. thing. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I'm, I'm not even going to throw a 2021 in there because yeah. 2020 was a wild I don't year. Know. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just speak to this this year. This one for sure this year. I just think that the, you know every every phase of the game stepped up. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, not only were they dominant, but they stepped up. They were all challenged. Every single facet of this game, they were challenged coming into the game. And they responded. And that's what you like to see. You want to see your guys respond. You want to see the run defense step up. They stepped up. Guys were getting hitting their seams, you know, hitting their gaps and then getting vertical, creating some havoc in the backfield. And because of that, they were able to get their second-level guys and start making plays. So that helped out. Uh, you start looking at the tackling. The tackling was better, seemingly. Um, Coverage-wise, I was worried, honestly, when the game started because these guys were playing man-to-man, seemingly every freaking rep. And they, they shut them down. They shut them down. They were playing man-to-man, and they shut them down with all these weapons that they had so that the secondary stepped up. Um, and then we know what happened offensively. Kellen Moore was in his bag. He caught a heck of a game. He didn't mm-hmm. do anything outside of himself. He didn't do anything crazy. There wasn't any balls that were just thrown up there for grabs. Everything was precise and efficient. And then you had Dak Prescott dropping in on them and giving guys opportunities. And TP, of course, did what TP did. And this, was, and this isn't recency bias. I've been sitting here thinking about it this whole time trying to figure out what game would have been more complete than this in yeah. the McCarthy area era in Dallas, and I don't have one. The um, the only one, real quickly, that they beat a team like this under Mike McCarthy was the 43-3 to win at home against the Falcons last last year in Week 10. That was 43-3. to That was a bad Falcons team. It was. That, that, that's and I, at home. This is not the same. This yeah. is not the same. This is contextually you take everything and put it in a pot and it shows you that this game is the most complete from an emotional and mental standpoint to lose in the fashion in which you did in green Bay and to have the resiliency and bounce back the way you did in the following game that goes into play here and to do it on the road in hostile territory at us bank stadium. I'm telling you, I was there and they have an open press box from the, from the intro video until Zeke scored uh, on the first offensive drive, or oh, not the first <laughs> offensive drive, but until he scored, it's skull. I mean, it, you could feel the vibrations in the air the from vibranium? the cheers. Like, seriously. They were hype. But yeah. by the time it got to halftime, there were no Vikings fans standing up. There were chants of, let's go Cowboys, in U.S. Bank Stadium. The Cowboys went up there and broke the spirit of the Vikings as a team and as a fan base and didn't take their foot off of the gas either in either phase of That's the what game. I like. They didn't take their foot That's off of I the like. gas. When it was 30 to 3, they could have let up. They were like, nope, we're going to keep on going right on to 40. This was the most complete game 458 total yards of net offense. Um, time of possession over 37 minutes. Dak Prescott 22 of 25 for 276 and two, and it could have been 23 of 25 uh, with more yardage and three touchdowns if Schultz was able to reel in that one-hander in the end zone, which was a, another dot from Dak. The efficiency, the 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 prolific nature of this offense. I'm, my biggest takeaway is this Cowboys. This version of the Cowboys team is the best team in the NFC. Hmm. Period. The one that played yesterday. The one that played yesterday is the best team in the NFC. I don't think period. Could, I don't think you could disagree with that. I period. really don't. But that goes back to what I was saying about that team in Philadelphia. You know, a few weeks ago, everybody's kind of holding them up and hoisting them. Oh my God, they're you know no. And I, I said they were going to stumble. It was going to happen starting in November, and yep. they already stumbled. The Colts fumbled the bag, but I think 
the final play that allowed Jalen Hurts to score on that QB sneak, if Shaquille Leonard is there, that doesn't happen. So that goes to personnel as well. As well. But what I've seen in the Eagles over the past two weeks, even though they eked it out against the Colts, is they're such a beatable team. They are beatable, but they're nine and one. So I feel like Fair, as much as you can say, "Oh my gosh, they they almost blew that game," they're still nine and one. You got to respect the Eagles. I respect the record. Because they're two games ahead of you still. The Eagles, if the Eagles at their best play, the, and I'm going to say this with my chest right now on Monday, if the say Eagles it. at their best play the Cowboys at their best, which is the version we saw yesterday, mm-hmm. Eagles can't hang with this. They they, just, they can't. I don't know that there's an NFC team that can. There are only two AFC teams that can, mm-hmm. Kansas City and Buffalo. This variation of the Cowboys, if they keep this going, putting this on film, there is no team in the NFC that can see them. The only teams that can see them are the two atop the AFC. Yeah. We had this conversation yesterday in the studio. Isaiah, do we want to go into this here? Do you want we to? Can. It's Monday. It is Monday. We can say it with our chest. <laughs> so – the, the conversation was, if Dallas plays like that, mm-hmm. like they did yesterday, yep. nobody's going to be able to beat them. That was my my point. I said there's no way that a team can beat the Cowboys if the Dallas Cowboys play like they did yesterday. They could beat anybody Correct. in the NFL, and they could get there. However, that's the biggest question mark, is can the consistency continue? Can you do that Fair. week in and week out? You haven't shown it. That's why this is such an outlier to this point in the season – because it doesn't happen very often. It's a really good book, by the way. Which one? Outlier. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. What about The Outsiders? Never seen that one or no. read it. Never read that one? It's nope. a good one. Uh, yeah, it's an outlier. It's something that's a little bit different. But if you could play like you did yesterday, there's a chance you do everything. Jerry Jones said it afterwards. He said it with his chest. He said, if, if I, I believe this team has what it takes to win a Super Bowl. You have the talent. Can you put, to, put it together week by week by week? Isaiah, that's the biggest question. That is the question, and that's an answer that we will get starting this Thursday. Yeah, quick turnaround. Good Very team. Very quick turnaround. Very quick turnaround. Division rival. Yeah, looking to bounce back themselves. Mm-hmm. Is it is it possible that a win like this could be a bad thing in a short week? No. Why is that? There's no bad thing about about wins as long as you put them in a rearview mirror. Okay. Go out there, see what you watch the film today. See what you did well. See what you did bad. And then you should be watching nothing but New York Giants film. Yeah. That's just it. Basically what Dak Prescott said yesterday when I asked him about what was the statement that was sent with that win on yesterday. He said, be better tomorrow. They're already focused on the next day, which is today. And they, they know that they have a short week. And they know the Giants got you know thumped by the Detroit Lions. And they're going to try to come into Arlington and, and make a statement of their own against the Cowboys team that just made a statement against the 8-1 and Vikings. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to be up for this game, and I believe that they will be. But I don't. I don't see how. To answer your question, Kyle, I don't see how a win at all could be a bad thing, but particularly on a short week. Because if anything, you'd prefer that over the loss, because you don't want the loss going into the short week, because you don't have that much time to bounce back emotionally from the loss before you have you know a game in four days. So I love that you thump one of the best teams in the NFL on their turf. Mm-hmm. And that immediately allows you, you – you'll have a few hours to plane ride home. You wake up this morning, you're feeling great. But when you come in the building, it makes it easier to not focus on yesterday because you handled business yesterday. Now it's on to handling business on Thursday. How was the health of everybody? Uh, no health issues. Micah said uh, – Micah left the game for a little bit later in the game. With the issue. He got rolled back up. He rolled, got rolled on by some linemen. But yeah. after the game, he said he was fine. 
you know, he said they'll continue to rehab and everything. He said he feels fine. Obviously, we know he's been a little bit banged up this year, but he's going to be on that field for Thursday. Hell, he came back on the field on yesterday, and I wasn't exactly in on that one. I was like, I understand the, the lion wants to eat, um, but at 40-3, to three, put the lion in the cage. Like, sometimes you got to protect the players from themselves. But that said, no major injuries that we are aware of at this point that came out of yesterday. So they came out healthy. They came out with a statement win. And now it's on to the Giants. Well, what was what happened? This is kind of a sidebar. (laughs) No pun intended. Uh, Anthony Barr. Mm. What happened with him? Did he re-aggravate that injury on that's Saturday? That's a great question, and that's what I'm going to ask Mike McCarthy today because mm. McCarthy himself late, late last week said that Barr was yeah. on, quote-unquote, the trajectory. It looked good, to right? To play the game. Yeah. Uh, and obviously this is, some, this is a game that if there were no other games regular season-wise that Anthony Barr wanted to play this year, it was going to be against his former team in the Vikings. And I was um, stunned that he was on the inactives list. No signs of a, a setback or regression before then, but it happened. We'll try to get some more information today from Mike McCarthy on what happened with that. But it did lead to seeing what I wanted to see, Damone Clark. Yeah, played well. 43 defensive snaps. Mm-hmm. Helped stop the run I, on more than one occasion, but one play in particular comes to mind where there was a lane and he just shot, shot into it. that gap and he was like not on my watch synced it he was like not on my watch first play of the game he got washed out looked like he was hesitant to maybe plunge in and get in there the fact that he rectified that later yeah. by having that first step and that recognition to get in there was really encouraging the because went off for him. i i uh i wrote it down i was like your linebackers even even with as dominant as dallas was the linebackers had no chance early in the game to stop the run. Minnesota did a good job of opening up run lanes. But guess what? Damone Clark learned. He did. You could see it. He did. And I love that the Cowboys, they're showing me they're willing to learn from some mistakes. So mm-hmm. whether you're talking about the Ezekiel Elliott knee injury and, and how they, they're handling it in 2022 versus 2021, the lessons taught in 2021. You talk about Damone Clark and, you know, he's thrust into the uh, at center stage when Barr goes out against the Bears. He gets 40 defensive snaps. The Cowboys, I think, kind of overthought it a little bit as far as his progression. They scaled him all the way back to only seven snaps against Green Bay. They lose that game. Green Bay racks up over 200 meaningful rushing yards. This This game, they come back and they say, okay, okay, Rook, 43. Go yep. do it. And by golly, he went out there and he did it. Why'd you look at me when you said that? Because that's your that's your That's word. not my word. That's your Stop word. it. That was like a month and a half ago. We can't we can't be doing that anymore. It's eternal. It's not. <laughs> All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, HR. Who is the the brand new MVP of this team? His last name starts with a P. I'll tell you about it. And we're gonna talk offense when we come back with more talking cowboys after this. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. 
Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys on a Victory Monday. Of course, it's also not only a Victory Monday, but it's also Thanksgiving week, and it's Mm -hmm. finally here. Get ready for the annual Dallas Cowboys showdown with game day essentials. From tailgating to cold weather gear, We've got you covered. Stop by your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop, or you could log on to shop.dallascowboys.com. A fanatics experience, and do Turkey Way or oh, excuse me, do Turkey Day the Cowboys Way. I got to get the mm. got to get the tagline down there. Make sure that that's right. But welcome back in to Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. I put out a Twitter poll out there, just by the way, and you can go vote on it too for the next couple hours. At Kyle underscore Yeomans, I said, "What or was the Cowboys' forty to three win over the Vikings the most complete win in the Mike McCarthy era?" It's got one hundred and thirty votes on it right now. Ninety-eight point four percent of them said yes. So one point six says yes. no. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can you can go vote on it. I, I want to see how lopsided it could get. And I asked, if not, which one? I, I want to know which one is in there too. I've gotten the Falcons game. Yeah, I was going couple to say times. for that for that one uh, percent or so. Yeah, drop in in Kyle's comments which one you think is better. Don't just click no. Yeah, I want to know. Yeah, I think for the most part, I mean, if one hundred and thirty five people had voted, now it's going up more yeses. And it's only 1.5. That's like four people. And I've got three responses. So, uh, yeah, go vote on it. Tell me what you think. And we'll we'll give you the final results of that vote right when we come back. Thanks. Thanks, No C. Isaiah's going to do it, too. I'm going to follow. You're going to follow me finally? <laughs> There's a couple people in the building that still don't follow me, and it bothers me. <laughs> oh, this social but, media world, I man. Uh, Hi, Al. Oh, Alex Lilly making a, an appearance. Uh, all right. Offense. Cowboys offense yesterday finishing with a whopping, and I mean a whopping, 450 yards of offense. They were 11 of 17 on third down. Talk about what they were able to do third down, 12 of 17. 12 excuse of 17. me. Uh, 
it was impressive early on, and they took control of this game by using time of possession, using the ground game, and it opened everything else up, Isaiah. But what impressed you the most about what the offense was able to do? Consistency. Yeah? Yeah, just consistency and versatility. And Kellen Moore, you know, him, you know, obviously committing to the ground game, uh, committing to the high-precision passing game, and then when he recognized that he had protection up front, the utilization of Tony Pollard in the passing game out the backfield. Those, I mean, it was, it just kept those guys off, off balance, off kilter, and it's um, whenever you can be that diverse in your offerings and be successful in all of those different areas, it's it's hard to be stopped. Play calling and execution. Yep. Uh, Pizza Boy brought all the pepperoni <laughs> on yesterday. Extra sauce. Pineapples um, and olives. Extra sauce. Everything. <laughs> uh, he put all the toppings on it. For example, you look you look at that that wheel route on that sixty plus yard touchdown to Tony Dying. Pollard. The dot from Dak, the the perfect speed to get past Jordan Hicks by Tony Pollard and catching that ball deep, which isn't easy, um, over the shoulder. But I love that. And when I asked about it after the game, Dak Prescott was like, that was all Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. Like Kellen Moore schemed that up perfectly because he saw the matchup between Pollard and Hicks and he wanted to exploit it and exploit it. He did. But as we've seen with the Cowboys, we talk about consistency and, and their need to con- to establish that going forward. A lot of times the play calling might be on point, but the execution might not be there, yep. and then it's a dead play, and they can't you know extend drives like they were yesterday. Play calling, phenomenal yesterday. Execution, I'd be remiss if I didn't draw a, a glowing yellow circle around the offensive line. They were magnificent right. yesterday. Helped open up lanes. Zeke did the rest. Tony did the rest. Play action then was set up, and then it came to, are we going to see any miscommunications between Dak and the receivers? We saw no miscommunications. We only saw one drop, which was an arguable drop. Dalton Schultz couldn't reel it in with one hand. Mm-hmm. I registered it as a drop. Some didn't. That's fine. That's a drop. Argue that for another day, whatever. I, I call it You categorize that as a drop yeah, in the back of the end zone? He didn't use his left hand. Yeah, fair. Um, so outside of that one error, for the most part, the execution was nearly flawless. Clean up the penalties because the only reason they got three points at all was because you kept giving penalties on that particular drive that extended it. They got the field goal. Otherwise, it's a shutout game. But that's the only black mark. And in a game like this, I don't care. I mean, you know you got <laughs> you, you know you got to clean up the penalties. So we're not going to harp on that. Just clean those up. Everything else was magnificent. Keep doing everything else. And that one thing, stop doing that one thing. Okay. How much? How much of credit needs to go to the offensive line? And what they were able to do. This is a front seven that we we talked about. We harped on Who's all Hunter? last week. Who's Hunter? Yeah, exactly. Huh. Where is he at? I don't know. I don't know. He there didn't is. do anything. No. He was no. missing. No. No. They Terrence got wiped. Still played a great game. They got wiped. Big time game. Terrence Did you see great game. Zach doing Zach things? Zach was rolling cats up like a doggone Holy crepe. Moses. <laughs> crepe. Yeah. Very, very thin pancake. Everybody... <laughs> Everybody was getting thrown out the club yeah, by yeah. Zach. Moore. It was. I'm telling you, this was, this game was personal. Yeah, it was. This was very personal. This was not just okay. We're going to go out here and compete. These guys felt some type of way. They yep. felt some type of way. So make you feel some. Type what of it, way. what impressed you the most by the offensive line and what they were able to do against a good front seven that had zero success? Zach was or Dak was not sacked at any point. No. In the entire ball. The physicality. Game. Yeah. This, I mean, this is. I don't want to say because I have to. I have to go back into my my rolodex of games, but this was the most dominant to my memory and physical. I should say not dominant, but most physical I've seen this offensive line in terms of imposing their will. I felt like they were coming downhill in the running game. I felt like even post snap, 
You know, I mean, post post whistle, guys were still locked up on guys and were refusing to 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 receive, being receiving in of an extra shove or extra little tug or whatever like that. Guys were still locked up like a dog on pit, and it was just like, hey, like no, nah, no, nah, they're gonna have to pull us apart because I'm not gonna let you feel like you like you have one up on me. And I just I like the attitude, the attitude. That's something we were talking about last week, right? When we were talking in reference to a guy that got signed, like not not here, but what that could potentially bring to this team, all right, not only just the defensive side, but the attitude just felt different. All right. It just felt like they were angry. And that's when I when I say it felt personal, it's like you got punched in the mouth and you gotta go meet this dude in the playground. Mm. Like like you like you're going you're going there knowing yeah. it's going down. Yeah. Right. So you're getting yourself riled up, right? You got your blood, it blood's pumping, right? You, your Don't muscles are starting to swell up. Yeah, like you like you feeling like it, it's Perkily. it's it's going down, you know, basement. You know, like two flat tires on the, <laughs> like two flat tires, man. So Yeah, it just felt like that. And I liked it. Yeah. Um, the offensive line just completely deleted deleted the Vikings defensive line. I mean, go back and watch that film. Zach Martin's throwing everybody out of the club. Tyler Smith is is just plain magnificent. Terrence Steele as well. Connor McGovern saw him on a couple pulls where he just completely created lanes. I thought Connor McGovern had his best game of the year. And shouts out to Tyler Biadish as well. I mean, that offensive line did work. Just absolutely did work to the point, like you said, Vikings had zero sacks on Dak Prescott and they only had one quarterback hurry and that hurry was Dak Prescott evading the sack to and it turned into only a one-yard game. But you know what, what made that more meaningful was it created another drive in which the Cowboys got points off of it. So Everything that could have, almost everything that could have gone well for the Cowboys did. Execution, playmakers made plays. There were no game-breaking errors or mistakes. 40 to 3. I like saying that. 40 to 3. It is. It's got a good ring to it. Delicious. You mentioned playmakers making plays. I've got to bring up Tony Pollard. Has his emergence over these last four games, he's had over 100 yards from scrimmage Mm -hmm. in the last four games. Detroit. Chicago, Green Bay, Minnesota. In each of those games, he's had at least 80 yards rushing. Yesterday, he showed exactly what he could do as a receiver. 109 through the air. He had six targets, caught all six of them for 109 yards and two touchdowns. He is averaging, over the last four games, six and a half yards per carry with four touchdowns on the ground. Two more through the air. Mm -hmm. Has his emergence shown that he's the most valuable player skills-wise, on the offense at the moment? Because I don't want to put Zach Martin up there because Zach Martin is right now and has been the most valuable player on your your offense. But is Pollard showing that he's he's one of those guys, or at least he should be in that conversation? I feel he could be in the conversation, but if you're asking me, is he that guy, the answer is no. For me, it's still Dak Prescott. Okay, It's still Dak Prescott. Teams are going to have to uh, d- defend against the presence of Dak Prescott and what he can do down the field, um, as well as what he can do underneath with those those quick routes. And if you remove Dak Prescott from the fold, and, and you know you look at Cooper Rush, and those numbers that Tony Pollard is putting up, was he putting those numbers up necessarily with Cooper Rush? And I know Ezekiel Elliott was on the field there as well, but he was on the field yesterday against the Minnesota Vikings as well, and Tony Pollard still went off. I think it, it all works together. Everything works to the next thing. But Dak Prescott, for me, is still – the MVP of the Cowboys offense, not named Zach Martin, because, again, Zach Martin is a different tier. Um, because to me, Zach Martin is, is outside of Micah Parsons, the best player in the league, maybe number two behind Micah Parsons. No no shout, no, no shade to Aaron Donald, because Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald, but, you know, Zach is Zach. So for me, it's still Dak Prescott behind Zach Martin. 
But yeah, you could make the argument that Tony Pollard is putting himself in the conversation. I think that's fair. What about you? Are we, are we, are we, sorry. Welcome we're, to the show, Isaiah. Yeah, we're, we're considering Dak Prescott a skill player. Is yeah, that what we're saying. Yeah, I think you could. Yeah, yeah quarterback. All right. All right. Um, Most skilled position on the field, supposedly. Right now, I would say that TP is your most. Mm. You say it. You can say it. I know what you want to say. He's stuck where I was stuck. It's Dak. <laughs> it's Dak. Yeah, it's Dak. But in terms of weapons, I don't know what this offense is without TP right now. I think you're right in that regard. So that's that's where I, that's where I was kind of drawn. Well, see. you also look at the numbers with Dak Prescott in the fold. I mean, Tony Pollard's season prior to Dak Prescott's return has not been or was not also, nearly what it is now. Yeah, that's what, that's, that's, what I'm that's saying. true. That's I mean, what I, so, I mean, that's, that's exactly when the stats don't tell the whole picture. I also think that Kellen Moore has learned how to utilize TP more, mm-hmm. and Ezekiel Elliott obviously getting banged up contributed to more opportunities for TP. Right, so that's why the stats don't show everything. But I think that you know. In its entirety, in terms of Kellen Moore's utilization, in terms of the opportunity presented to TP, in terms of the offensive line seemingly playing better, Dak playing, but like all these things are coming to a head, and the opportunity presented itself, and TP is taking full advantage of it. Yeah. But without a without a Tony Pollard, I don't know what this offense is doing right now because where's the where's the major mm-hmm. threat offensively if TP is not doing what he's doing? And, and I don't want to rebut that. Because it'll it'll come off as if Pollard is disposable, yeah. and I know there are those that feel like every running back is disposable, and I'm team uh, hashtag RBs matter. Yeah. So for me, Pollard is not nearly as disposable as people think. Neither is Ezekiel Elliott. Um, so I don't want to take anything away from Tony Pollard. I'll, I'll just simply say he is in the conversation. He's playing out of his mind, continuing to do so, even with Ezekiel Elliott back on the field. Yep. Um, but again. I'm hard-pressed to put him over Dak Prescott because if you remove Dak Prescott from the mix, we've seen that Tony Pollard isn't the same when teams don't have to account for the quarterback because they weren't defending Cooper Rush like they're defending Dak Prescott. And when teams have to defend against your quarterback, of course it's going to make things a a little bit easier for running backs, be it as a halfback taking handoffs or as a receiver out of the backfield. So Tony Pollard is the beneficiary of Dak Prescott's presence, but – Give the man credit because once the ball is in his hands, um, he's making moves, he's making plays, he's getting the job done. Yeah, he's been incredible. And I think you said it right. Stats don't always tell the, the tale. But also, I don't know if the stats are really showing exactly what Tony Pollard has meant to this offense either. Because six and a half yards per carry, that's a phenomenal number yeah. no matter what. But the way that he has opened things up to other guys like mm-hmm. Noah Brown, CeeDee Lamb, even Dalton Schultz Noah at times. caught it. Yeah, he did. Uh, I I think that's another piece of the value to to what Tony Pollard has brought to the table. When we come back, though, seven sacks for the defense, most since 2008 by a defensive unit. And it should have been Dallas more. Cowboys. It should have been more. But I'll argue that there was another position group that played better than the pass rush. When we come back with more talking Cowboys, delicious. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. 
Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Little Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone wants something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Live music fans head to the Star in Frisco on Tuesday, November 29th for a brand new monthly concert series, Sounds of the Star. This time it features the country rock band Western Rewind. The concert kicks off at 7 o'clock and is free and open to the public. For more information, visit thestarinfrisco.com. Of course, coming up on Tuesday, November 29th. So maybe you still got some family in town. Mm. Maybe you're just, just eating, just finishing up those leftovers for Thanksgiving. Mm. You can come out yeah. and enjoy some free music. How about that? You know what the word on the street is, Kyle? What's the word on the street? Word on the street is they're calling this the Odell game. Whoa. Whatever team wins gets Odell. You know what? Yeah. It's so funny you say that because I was thinking about that on the way in, on the drive-in today. Mm. That literally crossed my mind. Mm. I said, I, I wonder if Odell is looking at this game to see to see what's going to be the tipping point, right? Are the Giants going to bounce back and show? Because the Giants, and this is what prompted my thought on that. And they did, didn't they just lose a receiver yesterday? That's, that's yep. what prompted it. Wandale Robinson. Hmm. Yep. He, he went off for 100 yards yesterday before suffering a torn ACL. So you're saying that they're He's they're out. so anxious like genuine right, right now. They are. The price just went and, up. And their offer's going to go up. Absolutely. Mm. Their offer's going to go up. So um, I, the Cowboys still have a fantastic shot at signing OBJ, um, but – with the injury to Wandell Robinson, mm. the Giants are going to put more money on the table now. Um, and the Cowboys might have to match serve there. And or they could just bludgeon the hell out of the Giants and make the decision for Odell without additional monies being considered. Do it. Mm. Do it now. Do it now. All right. Well, with the 40-3 to win for the Dallas Cowboys over the Minnesota Vikings, they at least have a shot for Odell Beckham Jr. to be there because he was watching mm-hmm. yesterday and he said you it. He said those boys went crazy. Yes, they did, Odell. Yes, they did. And you saw Tank's response? He said, come on on. Come on in. Tank said, so make the right decision. Make the right decision. Make the right decision. Well, now you've got a decision to make. I do. You've got a helmet sticker to give out. We do this every week that the Cowboys get a victory. It's our players of the game or position groups of the game. Wink, wink. Moving on. Patrick No C. Walker, we'll have you start things out with your players of the game. I'm going to – let's go with the – 
the I Love You Donut. Okay. All right. I Love You Donut goes to the Cowboys' defense as a whole. Cowboys defense as a whole, the significance of the donut is without those penalties that help the Vikings get three points, you have a shutout. So I'm just going to, for kicks and giggles, I'm going to pretend that it was a shutout. A donut, if you will. Cowboys defense played well up front. Their defensive line was absolutely dominant. Talk about Michael Parsons, talk about Durant Armstrong, Demarcus Lawrence. You know, those guys had a day. Uh, the linebacker core, talk about Damone Clark, a rookie helping lead the way at the line at the second level with 43 snaps and helping stop Dalvin Cook on the ground. Talk about that secondary. Justin Jefferson once again Who? shut down Trevon's other son, <laughs> Jamar Chase's brother. Oh, Terry God. McLaurin's brother. Right. <laughs> Trevon Diggs and that secondary deleted Justin Jefferson, deleted Adam Thielen, deleted TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Um, and shouts out to Anthony Brown. He cleared concussion protocol, got back for the Cowboys, and he helped the Cowboys achieve this goal. Mm -hmm. as, as maligned as Anthony Brown has been with this fan base, he played well uh, yesterday. And, yeah, as a whole, there you go. Cowboys defense. Very nice. The I love you, Donut. The I love you, Donut. Thank you, Dan Quinn. Heart. Well, everybody. <laughs> heart, heart. Kyle gave me the grapes in it one. So uh, that okay, so that's a that's a plum, and it doesn't act, it's know. not an actual sticker. Well, what the heck, Kyle? Yeah, that's what it I was gets going me every to. time. It's on every sheet in there too. I've tried Where's to use it too. Marky? I know. It's well, now so you got to go, Kyle. Oh, like, what? Yeah, you gotta, was, you that's rethink? what I was going to. I was going to the freaking plum. Oh, sorry, bud. Jeez, I've wanted to do that as well. Uh, all right, how about this? the The defense had seven sacks yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I thought there was a player, position group really, that played really well yesterday. I don't even know what this is, but I'm going to say, what is this? Do you know what this is? Anybody? Can is anybody tell me what that mango. is? It's a mango. It's a mango? Yeah, it's a mango. It looks kind of weird to be a mango. Well, that's fine. We're going to give a mango because J. Ron Curse and the safeties squeezed every piece that they could out of that defense. I mean, that was a phenomenal outing from J. Ron Curse and the company. I really liked the way that he went sideline to sideline. He played back a little bit, too. Kind of rotated in there with Malik Cooker as the free. Came down into the box. He had a sack, one of which that uh, Minnesota just elected not to block him on, so he took full advantage. And he kept Kirk Cousins, by the way, from dancing. He kept Kirk Cousins <laughs> from dancing. Oh, i got to take the headphones off. Do it. To to actually get him do it from uh, keep him from doing uh, a little bit of this all the uh, way through uh, no dancing for Kirk Cousins with the chain and company uh, yeah that was not present on the flight so no such thing because the secondary and the defense controlled Kirk Cousins all the way throughout so that's my helmet sticker today Michael Parsons went up and asked Kirk Cousins what he what you got on my forty homie took mm. that, took that yeah. chain took that chain that's right chain. what you got. I'm going right here with this pair. You guys want to know why I'm selecting the pair, Kyle? I don't know. Well, let me tell you who's going to. It's going to skip Pete in this running back room because both his running backs had a pair of touchdowns. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> See what I did there? Bars. It's better than the plum. Thank you very much. That's good. Bars. Yeah. So, Skip Pete, this butt's for you, buddy. Boom. That just happened right there. There, there it pair. is. Pair it is. Pair it is. <laughs> 
puns. <laughs> the puns. The puns are too much. That does it for us here on Talking Cowboys on a Victory Monday. Tomorrow we will be talking to Cowboys Nation, 888-855-2297. We're going to take your calls all show tomorrow, and we'll get you ready, of course, for the short week ahead and get you ready for the Thanksgiving matchup with the New York Giants. But for Chris Beam in the back, for Isaiah Stanback, Patrick No Sleep Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. Cowboys win it. Thanks for joining us on Talking Cowboys here on a Victory Monday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!